Welcome into the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas fell to Oklahoma 45 to 20 at Memorial Stadium. And that was kind of an interesting game uh, in terms of how it kind of played out. KU was kind of in the game in the first half, especially, but second half, Oklahoma's offense really kind of started to get things going and they pulled away. It, it was a little bit reminiscent of the game against Oklahoma two years ago where Baker Mayfield, and that was the handshake gate game. Uh, and Baker Mayfield kind of started the game struggling, um, wasn't you know the sharpest early on. And I think the same could be said for Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma early on in this game. Um, I felt like the Kansas defense did pretty well early on. Uh, both in mixing up the coverages that they used, but also the pressure that they brought early on in the game, especially. I felt like they were able to get in the backfield a lot and kind of change some things for Jalen Hurts. I can think of, you know, a couple times right now where he had guys in his face as he was throwing the ball, or, uh, you know, he even almost had an interception to Cody Cole uh, that went through Cole's hands. But there were just some shaky moments for the Oklahoma offense early on. But then just the second half, the OU offense just kind of picked it up and went to another level. Um, not necessarily a ton of uh, beautifully designed plays with guys wide open um, that maybe you've seen from Lincoln Riley and this Oklahoma team in the past. There were definitely some times, though, where it was mistakes on Kansas's part. You just look back through the, the touchdowns that uh, that Oklahoma scores. You think about the 61-yard that or 61-yard touchdown run that uh, Stevenson had, the Oklahoma running back. You know, he runs into a, a crowd of defenders and somehow, you know, is able to make his way out and get to the outside and take it for 61 yards. You know, that's a play that KU could easily, you know, have back and have it be instead of a 61-yard gain, it's probably only a 16 or 18-yard gain. Um, you think about the play with Jalen Hurts's uh, touchdown. If I remember the sequence correctly. I think he had Mike Lee one-on-one in space and was able to make Lee miss and get to the end zone. So it was really one of those games for the Kansas defense where they executed pretty well uh, through certain stretches, but it was those little small mishaps that ended up costing KU. And those are the things that maybe started to creep in a little bit more later on in the first half and into the second half. I think really the the sequence that changed the game, and this is what I wrote about in my post-game story, was this sequence. Uh, at the end of the first half, Oklahoma had first and goal, and KU was able to get a stop, and all of a sudden it ends up being a fourth and goal with uh, a reverse that went wrong with C.D. Lamb, I believe it was a receiver, and Jalen Hurts. Azur Kamara made a really good play um, on that play there, but for the KU defense at that point, they did well to force Oklahoma into a fourth and goal from almost the 50 yard line. And at that point, you know, KU is only down 14 to seven. You think, okay, there's about 90 seconds left in the first half. Maybe KU can take a seven point deficit into halftime against the number 16, number six ranked team in the nation. You know, that would have been really good for Kansas, especially with how well the Oklahoma offense has been playing. 
you know, that would have been something you could easily hang your hat on being able to say, hey, we went in at halftime, held that Oklahoma team to, to 14 points. But the KU elected to, on that punt, not send someone back. So they just had 11 people on the field, and I don't think anybody was inside the 15-yard line to receive the punt. So the OU punter you know, sent it down into uh, KU territory, and the ball bounced at the 9-yard line, and it was downed by an Oklahoma uh, coverage person on the 2-yard line. So then KU goes from there, uh, does three straight run plays, isn't able to take much time off the clock. They go ahead and then punt it. Kyle Thompson punts it from inside his own end zone. And Kyle Thompson sent an absolute rocket all the way downfield to C.D. Lamb. He was probably about six or seven yards deep in his own end zone, Thompson was. And the ball landed on the opposite 40-yard line. So about a 65-yard kick. from the time it left Thompson's uh, shoe and by the time that C.D. Lamb caught it. And then Lamb took his time, kind of surveyed the field, and was able to come up with a 46-yard return. A face mask penalty pushed OU to the 10-yard line. And the next play, they were able to score to make it 21-7. to And then KU went into the half, down 14. Oklahoma, Oklahoma comes out and is able to just right off the bat go down and score, make it a 35 to, or sorry, a 28 to nothing game. And from there, KU then had a three and out. Oklahoma then scored another touchdown to then make it 35 to seven. And at that point, the game's over. And in terms of game time, that's nine minutes. And that just changed the entire complexion of the game. So, second half, you know, Oklahoma pulled away. Uh, they took out Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. So, kind of towards the end of the game, a lot of garbage time. Um, but KU was able to come up with two touchdowns late on. Stephon Robinson uh, came up with two touchdown grabs. I thought he was really good late in the second half. Granted, it wasn't necessarily the most competitive setting considering the score of the game, but still made made plays. You still have to catch the ball. Stanley still has to throw nice balls there too. So still making plays. But in general for KU, this is a a better performance than they had against TCU and one that has encouraging moments, like the first quarter, for example, where KU is able to have some long, sustained drives against an Oklahoma defense that is a little bit better than it was last year. Because last year, you know, Kansas went into Norman and put up, I don't remember the exact amount of points, but they put up a ton of points on Oklahoma last year. But for KU to be able to control the ball and control the pace of the game in the first quarter, I think that was really encouraging. I think there are still the mental errors that you saw throughout the game. You know, there's a lot of penalties, and Oklahoma definitely uh, poked and prodded KU, to say the least. Um, I think there was a moment pregame that I saw on the ABC broadcast where an Oklahoma player ran into a KU player on the sideline, turned around, like kind of flexed on him and looked at him. Um, Oklahoma is just a very much a, an intimidating team that is trying to take the opposing team out of what they do with the talking with the extra pushing and shoving, just the extra little pokes that kind of come throughout the game. Then when all of a sudden they're beating you by three touchdowns, you kind of are just like, I've had enough. You snap and KU had some of those moments today. But I think in general, this is a performance where you can look at it and say, okay, going forward, you know, you can take the good things that KU did. You can take the bad things. It's, 
it against a number six ranked team in the nation. I think this performance was okay, not great, not bad, but something that KU definitely has some positives they can take out of it, but there's a lot of room for improvement still with this team. So moving into some of those uh, individual performances, let's start off with Puka Williams. This was really the first game this season that it felt like Puka Williams was Puka Williams from last season. Uh, about halfway through the second quarter, maybe a little later on, um, but still in the first half, you know, Puka Williams surpassed the 100 yards uh, on the ground mark. Now in the second half, you know, KU didn't run the ball as much because they were down. Uh, but Williams finished with 137 yards. He had a season-long 36-yard run, and I think he had another season-long run before that, but the 36-yard run was his longest of the day. He averaged six yards a carry on 23 carries, 137 yards total. So I think for Williams, this was one of those performances where you can feel encouraged that going forward, maybe he's starting to find his stride again. Or maybe schematically, KU did some really good things against an Oklahoma defense that still does have some issues, even though it is you know better than last season. So going forward, I'm really interested to see kind of what that workload looks like for for Puka, especially especially without Cleo Herbert going forward. Not as many carries for Melton Gardner, only three carries for five yards. Um, so with that running back room now, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of coming out of the bye week what KU decides to do if they continue to kind of load up on Puka Williams or if they decide to play Dom Williams again, who I don't believe Dom Williams uh, took a carry or took a snap today. I'd have to go back and look at the uh, participation logs, but it, I don't remember seeing Dom Williams out there today. As for the quarterback play, um, I really don't know what to make of how Carter Stanley played today. This was a game where he was asked to manage it early on, you know, with KU trying to do that uh, ground and pound, let's just soak up a lot of clock. It wasn't one of those things where, you know, Carter Stanley is being asked to make a lot of tough throws. But I felt like Carter Stanley made some of his best throws of the season today. Um, I think about the touchdown pass to Dale and Charlotte. That was very reminiscent of the touchdown pass they had uh, against Indiana State, where, you know, Stanley puts it just barely over the defensive back and right into Charlotte's hands. Um, There's a throw late on in the game where uh, he was able to find Stephon Robinson along the far sideline. I thought that was a really good throw, too. The touchdown throw, the first one to Stephon Robinson, also another good throw. I think Carter Stanley had some of his best throws of the season today, but I think in terms of overall performance, I don't, I just don't feel like in general that he played that well. I still feel like there were some throws that he probably wish he could have had back, but I think in general this is one of those performances for Stanley where you say, okay, you know, you look at the numbers and he throws for 230 yards, three touchdowns, uh, 18 to 28 completions. And you look at it and and it feels like a a good game, but you watch it and outside of some of the nice throws he had, you're still kind of left scratching your head saying, man, it's the offense still feels like it's missing something. Even though they did put up some good numbers today, you still only scored 20 points in a Big 12 game, which going forward, you're going to need to score more points than that, especially going against some of the offenses that the Big 12 has to offer. You think about you know, Oklahoma State, you played Oklahoma today, Texas still is a really good offense, so there's still plenty more tests to come uh, for this KU offense having to match another team's production. So using that as maybe a little bit of a segue into the defense, uh, early on in the game especially, 
it felt like I mentioned it in the open, but KU did a really good job. And I think DJ Elliott deserves a lot of credit and that defensive staff deserves a lot of credit for in that first quarter. And really even in the first, you know, you think about it, the first 27 minutes of the first half, that defense played incredible. I thought that Cody Cole was really good today. I think he came up with a sack. He uh, also had that interception kind of go go right through his hands, but he does get at least a little bit of a, a pass breakup credit there. But overall, I thought Cody Cole was really good on the defensive line. Um, Azur Kamara, I felt like, was pretty good. He came up with a sack and then another, um, a couple other big plays as well. Bryce Tornaden, I felt like there were a couple times where uh, he just couldn't speed-wise keep up with the Oklahoma guy. I think about a, a play where he kind of took not a terrible route, but definitely not the uh, most direct route to get to a guy, and he just got burned for speed. But Tornadin uh, finished you know, with team high six tackles. Jeremiah McCullough also had six tackles. Um, I should probably talk about Mike Lee. I feel like that's important. So Mike Lee got hurt against TCU late in the game. He came out today with a cast on his right hand. He himself had uh, early on, I think it would have been after KU. So Oklahoma had scored and KU had punted and Oklahoma took over again. And the first play of that drive, Mike Lee has an, uh, uh, what probably would have been a pick six go right through his hands. And at that point, you think the pick six, you go up 14 to seven. Uh, timing wise, I think it was late in the first quarter. Uh, if not, mid-first quarter, I want to say. So you're going up mid-first quarter. You take your second lead of the game if Mike Lee you know, can hold on to it, but he's not able to. It looked like that cast definitely did a play a role in there. But then later on in the game, uh, or on that drive it may have been even, uh, if not that, then the first half specifically, um, you know, Jalen Hurts has a run to the, to the outside. It would have been the far side if you were watching on the TV broadcast. And he goes over to the sideline. He kind of gets stopped just before he goes out of bounds. Mike Lee comes and just wallops him. Uh, I didn't think it was that dirty of a play at first glance. It didn't look like Jalen Hurts was out of bounds uh, upon review. You know, Jalen Hurts definitely wasn't out of bounds, and they called it as a hit out of bounds. So I'm not really sure, you know, what the referee on that side saw on that play right there. But that was another play for Mike Lee that. Because of the result, you would say you probably wish he could have that hit back. But if it doesn't get flagged, then it's not that big of a deal. So I think overall, Mike Lee definitely had a a rough performance today. But I felt like in general, that's just a a warrior mentality from Lee to come out and play as you know a guy that has to use his hands as a defensive back to either get interceptions, make tackles, you know, or just stay with wide receivers with hand-to-hand combat. For him to come out here and play, you know. With, with that hand injury, I think kudos to him for doing that because that does definitely take uh, a lot of stones. I think going forward for the KU defense, you still got to work on some of those mental errors. I mentioned that too in the open, but there's still some times where it's just KU will be in the midst of a, a real good stretch on the defensive end, and then there'll be one thing that will kind of throw a wrench in it. It'll be a penalty. It could be just a missed assignment. That felt like those were kind of the moments for the KU defense today that kind of set them back against this Oklahoma team. And going forward, that's definitely an area where they're going to need to be better. I think in terms of special teams, uh, Kyle Thompson had a pretty good game today, especially that punt that he had at the end of the first half. That was just a rocket. You could not have asked for a better a better kick from your punter in that situation. 
Um, Liam Jones did miss an extra point late on uh, that would have made it 21, but he missed, so it's only 20 points for KU. The kicking position for KU, uh, place kicker that is. I going forward, I I'm interested to see how how much it changes for KU. Um, not that they've been attempting many field goals this year, but just that's still just a worrying sign for them going forward for the rest of the season. So that'll do it for the rest of the podcast today. As always, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU football and basketball content. We've got some stuff up from late night, from Friday night. We've also got some really good stories up from the KU football game today. And we'll have some really good stories of the bye week this week. I'll have a, a pretty big overarching offensive breakdown from some of the personnel stuff that I've kept track of uh, so far this year and looking kind of the areas that KU's offense has struggled, done well in, you know, through the first half of the season. Uh, as always, you can follow myself on Twitter at mswain97. You can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at Chasen Scott. And with that said, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. <laughs>